0: what up traders welcome to the one the only Spax attack right here on benzinga smash that thumbs up hit the subscribe button hit the share button we're gonna get into some specs we got some earnings to talk about yes we we'll are get into it i got the one the only Chrysopedia waiting in the back you guys can ask him anything i want to see if someone can stump him today can they do it definitely smash the thumbs up sub only chat today so thanks for you guys for hitting that subscribe get access to actionable news and market research with all the information you need to invest smarter and profit faster start your free trial today at pro.benzinga.com what's going on my traders out there definitely smash that like button let's get this party started let's go what's up solar knows what day it is it's friday yes that means i might repeat that means I might say definitely. That means I might say uh, a couple of lines that I'll just probably repeat over and over again. But until then, let's bring on the brains, maybe even my brains, Chris Ketchy. What's going on, Mitch? Yeah,
1: great to be back here on SPACS Attack today. And happy Friday to everyone out there, even Solar. Hopefully he's not playing that game that he created. Yeah,
0: getting some love for the Rays there, Mitch. So I, I know you'd be so a fan raised. of that. Yeah, don't even get me started. I don't. I don't even want to start on that. But let's let's talk. The Friday challenge is on. Solar saying it. Guess what? It's a little bit early for some people. But hey, if you want to do this Try it with water. He says, try it with water. The water. The water. Hey. Who knows maybe a little water challenge let's go ahead solar you put those rules in the game in in the chat there let's get into some headlines let's talk about these because i want to get into the earnings and i want to see what specs are moving there's a lot out there i even saw moving so we'll definitely take a look let's go ahead take us back chris like you do to those headlines
1: All right, everyone. Yeah, so not a ton of headlines on this quiet Friday. We did have one deal announced, and as Mitch said, we're going to talk earnings, right? We had lots of former SPACs report earnings between last night and this morning, and we're going to dive into five of the big names in detail, You know, provide the story, look at the chart, give some insight, and then we'll also get to our watch list and some ticker time. So up first in headlines, we have one of our old favorites on the show, RMO, Romeo Power, the beaten down battery stock. The company announced that Lionel Selwood, the CEO, is stepping down from the company to pursue new opportunities. The company appointed 30-year industry veteran Susan Brennan as the new president and CEO effective August 16th. She was most recently the COO at Bloom Energy. So Selwood will serve as an advisor and consultant through the leadership transition period. Um, but then the company moving on in a new direction here. So RMO could be an interesting one. We could hear a new direction for the company. We should, could get some analyst love out there. Um, so we'll dive into that one um, over the next couple of weeks. Then DMYQ, the SPAC merging with Planet, the satellite company, uh, going public with the Niccolo Damasi SPAC, they announced an extended partnership with SpaceX yesterday. So they're going to launch more satellites to space. Um, you know, they already have over 200. They're one of the leaders in the satellite field. And as Niccolo said on SPAC's attack, they're the thing behind the thing.
0: Say what? Partnership with SpaceX?
1: I know you love that, that name, Mitch. So anytime we hear SpaceX, I mean, I got to think that that's a bullish sign here. So SpaceX doesn't partner with just anyone. They don't deliver stuff for just anyone. They pick good customers, good partners. So I'm really liking Planet going forward uh, with this news. Then I know one of the things talked about yesterday on one of the streams was HCIC, the company merging with Plus Plus. They completed an autonomous semi drive in China. Their level four, um, you know, version of that software. So, got to keep an eye out on HCIC. Um, we have several companies working on autonomous semis, and, and that show off that video um, that Mitch and Spencer played. You know, uh, highlights how far ahead they might be from some of the uh, competition. So, HCIC on watch. Then we got PDAC approving their merger. Shares were up 11% yesterday. We'll trade as LICY next week. CHAQ setting a vote date of September 1st with Vacker. That is the first September vote date that I have heard. So we already can start a September merger vote uh, calendar. And then GCAC up 1.5% on yesterday's deal announcement. Then we turn to rumors. So two rumors I'm seeing out there. Up first, we have ticker F-A-C-T fact. Um, there, there is a rumor from Financial Times saying that this SPAC is going to acquire both uh, Credit Justo, a Mexican fintech group, and Cial Dunn and Bradstreet, which is a Latin American corporate data provider. So combined value could be around $1.5 billion, and that combined company would have operations in 43 countries and would look to expand to other parts of the world, including the U.S., Africa, and the Middle East. Um, so keep an eye out, FACT, again, that rumor from Financial Times, not one of the bigger ones like Bloomberg and Reuters for these rumors. And then the other rumor we have coming from uh, Bloomberg, ticker GSEV. Uh, So Footprint, a maker of plant-based fibers attempting to eliminate single-use plastics in talks to go public, could be valued at $3 billion. Um, You know, as we just talked with SpaceX, right? It's, uh, you know, when you have a big customer attached, uh, Footprint counts McDonald's as a customer using its single-use plastics. So talk about a big customer using your products with McDonald's. So keep an eye out on this one. And our one deal announced this morning, CMLF, this deal is for EQRX, a $1.8 billion deal. The company, uh, what they call a new pharma platform to deliver and develop innovative medicines at radically lower prices through unique partnerships with leading payers and healthcare providers. So they're building a pipeline of new drug candidates to address diseases like cancer, um, that are currently some of the highest uh, you know, costing drugs on the market. So again, focused on lower cost drugs. Um, that's an area that was targeted by both Republicans and Democrats over the past couple of years. So this company could actually get some love um, from Congress. Maybe they could get some funding there. So again, pre-revenue company here, it's a bio deal, not my specialty but the, the direction they're going, I think could be a sector to watch. So that's what I've got for headlines. And now we turn to, as Mitch and I both said, we, we had some earnings from these former SPACs. And it's always nice to take a look you know, after they've completed the, the SPAC process to see what they're doing, how has their guidance changed? Are they still on the same path? And this morning, up first, We got DraftKings. So DraftKings, a leader in online sports betting in 12 states. So they reported second quarter revenue of $298 million. That was up 320% year over year and beat a street estimate of 242.4 million. Company ended the quarter with 1.1 million monthly unique paying users up 281%. And again, 12 states. They also had iGaming in four states, and they completed the back end migration in 11 states for their SB Tech platform, which is something we highlighted earlier this year. So, the big news from DraftKing and the reason why shares were trading much, much higher this morning um, before they hit the red here was they raised their full year guidance. So, previous guidance was $1.05 to $1.15 billion and a street estimate of $1.16. New guidance, $1.21 to $1.29 billion. The company calling out higher uh, user retention, customer engagement, and customer acquisition as the reasons for the updated guidance. They also highlighted their NFT marketplace coming soon. So so Mitch, I mean, we, we've been calling DraftKings out, right? And saying, you know, look for that guidance, hear what they have to say. What really impressed me is, you know, we, we haven't gotten a whole lot of color on these new states being added. So this guidance from DraftKings and this raise is just strictly based on the existing states that they're in, which I think really highlights how far ahead they may be from some of these other players in terms of market share and customer acquisition. What do you think about DraftKings here?
0: Definitely. One thing that I'd, I'd mention is that one we've stated this before, right? One of the hardest things in the gambling industry is that you have to deal with regulations and deregulation that's happening in the industry. And so with this, you can't really just put out there that you expect a state to get deregulized before they even get to that point. Right. A lot of this has to do with voting. And so you can only kind of project out. And with that being said, I don't think these numbers are really being taken into account. And I think that's what's important. And with that being said, the mentality of the investor is probably looking towards that. So I think you're going to see pops going into that versus when we actually get to that moment where you can actually get the numbers, right? And so it's always kind of this look or this forward look of, yeah, they're going to get this revenue. They're going to get this revenue. They're going to get this revenue. I think in the long run, you're looking about an industry that, Is going to be one of the biggest industries, I think, of our at least our generation, for sure. Now that we've gone to this direction, I mean, sports betting has been around for, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of years. Whether it was legal or not, we'll we'll remain that out. But with that being said, I think this is just the start. Now, I will let you know, Chris, I have gone long DKNG right now. Right now, I grabbed it right here on this dip. And On I the dip, you, it went red. I nice. told you in the pre-market, remember I said 50-50 was my number. It actually broke that number. started to come back down towards 50-25. I got to fill right now at 50-35. We're already at 50-74, 76. Uh, I'm okay where I'm at. I'm going to hold towards 50 as my out spot. So we're talking about a 35-cent risk. I'm looking for this to get back up towards about 70. That's where I'd be looking to make the sell.
1: Yeah, and the other thing for me, Mitch, is that that NFT marketplace. I'm wondering if anything from that is baked into guidance. Uh, not to say that those NFTs are going to provide you know huge revenue, but but the key for me is you know how it could lead to new customers, right? So you have people who maybe haven't bet on sports but they know cryptocurrency, they know NFTs. So all of a sudden they want to start buying these sports NFTs on DraftKings platform. Well, they have to sign up for a DraftKings account. They have to have the app. And then you know DraftKings is going to throw some bonus money at them, right, Mitch? I mean, we talk about the promos all the time. So mm-hmm. could DraftKings gain a bunch of new customers and get that incremental revenue you know, from these potential new people? So that's something I'm watching the, Mitch, on the downside, the one thing that Draftkings did say was that their guidance is based on no disruptions to the sports schedule, right? And, and maybe that's something we should look at real quick. Um, with the delta variant with the rise of COVID cases again, do you think there's any risk here to you know some of these sports not being played or will we just see maybe some, some game cancellations but not full seasons like we did before?
0: Honestly, I think it's very very highly unlikely. Reason why is that if we could have a season when uh at the height of the pandemic we had baseball, we had football, we had basketball, they all came out guys. And so one thing, the only thing I could ever see Chris is maybe them pulling the fans from the stands. That's the only thing I could ever see them going to extreme measures. They If you started seeing multiple games get canceled because of that, that could be, I think, the only kind of safety measure that they would go ahead and try to implement. Um, From this moment, I think uh, sports leagues have gotten to the realization that, hey, COVID's going to happen. We are going to get some people that will be infected, regardless if they have the vaccine or not. And we just need to have – like I heard a coach say this, uh, an NFL coach, I forgot exactly which one it was, but he said, we need to have a plan A for that guy, that backup, and then we need to have a backup for that backup, and we need to have- There you go.
1: Yep, the, the replacement squad, right? So Mitch, with that being said, the flip side of that, right, is that there were some cancellations for games last year. The college football season was a little bit shorter. So in terms of comps, DraftKings could really have a a strong fall season, right? If you're up against less football games from the prior year plus additional states, I I mean, yeah, they raised guidance, but I start to wonder if this guidance is actually on the
0: conservative side. Uh, I would have to say, I would have to say yes on that side. Uh, One thing that I've noticed is that DraftKings is trying to take the leader position. What brought us up to these levels? Really, I, I would have to say the leader in the in the last run was Penn. Was DKNG to me second place? Yes. Now, do I feel DKNG is really getting close towards that first place? I do. And so this is something that you're going to start seeing the battle be put on. And one of the things is whenever you got two big boys, right, two big boys trying to give themselves the advantage, you might see some MMA come out of that. You might see some innovations like you saw DraftKings talk about how they want to go into sports bars and open up sports bars. That's when you start seeing companies trying to push on the growth, whichever it may be. If it's to the right, on top, to the left, if it's making new products, or if it's getting better partnership deals, you'll see them go after it.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right. So that was draftkings. Kings. That was our big one from this morning, right? So then we did have some earnings and quarterly reports from companies last night after close. So one of those companies was Virgin Galactic, SPCE. You know, this is one we've talked about. We've played this story out throughout this year. Um, you know, I've been pretty spot on uh, on calling out this, the story and when we could see potential moves. So the big news, of course, from them was highlighting, you know, their recent success, their flights, including Sir Richard Branson. But as expected, as I said, you know, look for them to reopen seats announce a new price point and talk about their timeline. And that's what we got. So they had booked previously reservations for $200,000 to $250,000 for a seat on their spacecraft. Their new amount is $450,000 for a seat. I mean, I know I will not be booking a flight anytime soon, but based on what they said, they're going to offer that to their list which they called a significant list of early hand risers that will get the first opportunity to reserve their place. So to me, that means there is demand still for these flights. People are willing to shell out $450,000. Um, you know, So Virgin Galactic taking full advantage of demand here and also the successful flight. They're also going to offer three tiers. So you can buy a single seat Multi seats on the same flight. So, for couples, friends, and family. And Mitch, maybe for Benzinga in the future, you can actually book a full flight with Virgin Galactic. So, you know, maybe we can have a company field trip. We can all get on one of those Virgin Galactic spacecrafts and, and head up. I'm not sure if that's in our budget.
0: It's all but, good, Jason. Right? That's a write-off, right? That's
1: a write-off. I mean, we could do a show from space. I mean, come on. Who else is doing that? So let's go spec, bro. Yeah, for sure. So you know, that's the big thing for me. Right? Is they did reopen the reservations. They had 600 before. They also said that their next space flight, Unity 23, is targeted for a late September launch. Um, That flight will actually get them revenue as it has a partnership with the Italian Air Force. And also notable, the company said they ended the quarter with $552 million in cash, and they do have that at the market option to borrow um, more money. So Mitch, as I said, you know, that was the stuff I was looking for in their quarterly report, right, was to hear the new price point and to hear if they reopened and to hear when their new flight was taking place. I said I would be disappointed if we didn't get that stuff, but they came through. We saw shares up double digits last night. They're up about 7% today, I believe, last I looked. Um, What do you think of the company? I mean, I think we've got some timeline played out now that we could see a dip from shares now, but as we've seen throughout, if that flight is in September, I I would think we get a mini run closer to that launch date. What do you think?
0: Justin Bieber, please believe it.
1: Yeah, I mean, look at that lineup. Leo's <laughs> going to space. Bieber, maybe Bieber will do a concert from space and then Elon Musk. I mean, again, can you imagine the media when Elon Musk goes to space on a virgin galactic plane? Like that already gets me excited because like <laughs> that that's gonna be all over
0: the place. Send me with Elon. I wanna see him turn into a Martian when I get up there. <laughs> I, I think he'll. we'll see his true skin if we get up in space. You know, one of the things is I've always said I think he's from Mars. But we'll, he's going to get us there, so I'm not mad at him. But uh, I'm going to be watching this. You know, one of the things is, you know, with this being said, I mean, more and more booked flights with – these celebrities and, and, and the people that are really going to, I think, push the company. Because if these guys are going to go on it, take the risk, be on it, come back down and tell a story, I mean, that's what's really going to be getting people on on this flight, right? I think that's why Elon wants to go on it. I'm sure he called them up afterwards and was like, yo, Brent, what happened, dude? How was that? And then I'm sure with that being said, he was like, I ain't missing out on the next flight. You Let me know. Sign me up. I got the money for sure so I'm not worried about it. let's go let's go up to space. Uh, it's gonna be interesting. We're gonna definitely see continued continued interest.
1: you know Mitch they said they had a significant list of people interested. Here, here's my one concern it is that the price was 200 to 250,000 before. now they jump up to 450,000. what happens? once they kind of reached the demand limit for the 450000 I mean, is there the potential that they lower the price in the future? How could that be a reaction for investors and for people who went to space, right? If I paid 450000 to go to space, and, and then a year later, they lower the price, I mean, I, I might be a little upset. But again, the people that are going to space, you saw the list. We've got celebrities. We've got billionaires. I do think there's demand, at least for the next couple of years, to sustain their business model, to sustain that price. But on a longer term outlook, there does need to be some more catalyst for the company. And again, that's coming from someone who is long, shares of SPCE. I've been playing the story all year long. Um, but again, I, I do worry a little bit about the long term plan past the the levels they have now
0: that'll be definitely something to keep a watch on we'll see how this company develops and if we have to kind of raise some money or or some other way to kind of get those expenses down we need to figure out essentially what their what their fuel costs are being for this and and how they can go ahead and figure out hey i mean if they had to raise the price 100% that was a reason right and they had to shown in their analytics that they needed to definitely compensate for some other things uh, that they didn't see in the expenses. So we'll see how they bring their prices down because I think at 450000 I think when you keep doing these increases, that's that's not going to be a good sign that you guys are working on the expenses. So let's just focus on that and see if they can bring that price right back down.
1: Mitch, here's the other potential too. Um, So Sir Richard Branson beat Jeff Bezos to space, right? If there's one thing Amazon is known for, the company that Bezos founded, it is undercutting others on price. Blue Origin has not announced a price for their flights yet. Mitch, what do you think the odds are here that Blue Origin says $450,000? Mm, we're going to do our flights for cheaper than that. I, I mean, we talk about the space race, it, it could be alive with the price of seats. What do you think?
0: Yeah. Like, I mean, you, you're mentioning what's important there is at the end of the day, there's not only one company doing this. Right. And so with that being said, the pie is going to have to be split. They're not going to win the pie completely either or. So with that being said, I'll definitely be watching this. Um, I think it's going to be a battle. It's going to be a back and forth battle. Like you're mentioning, it's going to be who wants to cut the price, who wants to give some benefits, um, I think you're going to see them both kind of split the pie. Yeah, definitely.
1: All right. So that was Virgin Galactic. We, we move on to company number three. So last night after hours, we got earnings from MP, MP Materials, which for those of you who have been loyal viewers to the show, this was one that we actually did. One of our first interviews ever was with CEO James Latinski of MP Materials back when this thing was FVAC, Back when shares were what, like $12? I was going to say $13 or $14. And look at this. Look at this thing now. So massive move today. Second quarter revenue, $73.1 million, up 141%. Adjusted EBITDA up 491%. They had higher per unit profitability. Um, you know, so not only did they produce more, they they were able to get more from each thing that they produced. So again, this is a rare earth materials, a mining company. Um, impressive, impressive growth. And they also highlighted their timeline. So they are working on stage two optimization. And, And not only that, they're moving up their progress on stage three, which will make a magnet manufacturing facility. In the United States, they said they plan to announce the site of their initial facility this year. So talk about catalyst there, and then also uh, they want to, uh, you know, focus on manufacturing and selling in the U.S. in the future. So this was the largest quarterly total in the company's uh, their site sixty-year history with ten thousand three hundred five metric tons produced in the quarter. That's a massive number. Mitch, we've called this one out for for so long. Um, You know, shares were rocketing higher this morning. They have pulled back a little bit, up 3%. Uh, You know, we hit $40 earlier. This is a stock that traded all the way above $50, um, you know, not too long ago. Uh, And again, as as you said, it was $14 last year, you know, prior to the de-spacking i think this is still a great play um you know they're they're gonna partner with some electric vehicle companies in the future they're the thing behind the thing rare earth mining uh, i mean that was a great quarter what do you think of mp materials here
0: i actually love the pullback I, honestly I'm, i was thinking about buying it right now but i'm not gonna do that on I, I already already bought one stock a show let's let's control ourselves here but yeah definitely whenever you see these big pullbacks this is where i like whenever i get a big massive earnings beat a big push in the stock one thing i'll definitely start paying attention to is more of an hourly chart why because you got that hourly reaction right that was that big old wick here but what is this The is that at least gives you levels to go off of you've been seeing the stock it, it came up towards this 37 pulled back towards the 30s went up through the 37 pulled back through it catching support again then going back through it same thing. So now it looks like that number to really that we've been fighting is more closer towards 38. So once what we want to see is a hold on 37. Pullbacks to 37 are fine. But once we get back above 38, you want to get above that 38 and hold that 38. Then if you get a close above 38, you have clear distance to come and try that wick that you just made, um, which went to a high of 40, 68. So that's what I'll be paying attention to. I like this. I like this pullback, actually, when you get good earnings reports like you do, like you just got, because some people jump in way too quickly at the open and don't realize that this hourly pullback can happen.
1: Yeah, and I, I would agree with that, right? We saw that huge move up. It has pulled back now. I think we see you know, it not trade up double digits again the rest of today. I think the big move is out, um, but that was a strong earnings report. And, you know, it also highlighted some future items, right? So they're going to announce a U.S. facility later this year. So we're in August right now. So you have, you know, less than four months before they announce where that manufacturing facility is going to be. That's a catalyst, right? That's something that could move the stock higher. Um, You know, for me, I kind of think maybe they'll announce a, a factory in California or Texas, that could coincide with some of these other EV names. Um, you know, also maybe they announce some partnerships in the future, you know, as they really look to be the thing behind the thing for EV companies. So, MP definitely on the watch list, you know. And as Mitch said, it's one he's looking at. I, I've been looking at this for a while. It, it's a shoulda, coulda, woulda dating back to November, Mitch, when it was $14. I mean, uh, that's one of the ones I will kick myself for. Um, you know, not getting in. Uh, but again, a, a strong quarter.
0: Yeah, I mentioned this one on Money Mitch multiple times when we were in the twenty-five to twenty-seven range. Uh, I I thought this one was awesome, especially even you know some people knocked it down because it did an offering on this gap down. But I thought that was a good time. Um, you know, one thing is you want to see it come back down towards kind of weekly and monthly supports and that's exactly what we came back down to then bounce back right off of that so now can we see a pullback yeah we could see a pullback but i think with the continued interest that you'll see in materials you'll see the stock perform um just to mention also i think the stock is also getting a lift also because there's other lithium players that have been struggling like pll to meet their needs um and uh, kind of the mirror their guidance that they're giving out. And then now you're seeing someone like MP kicking butt, you know, uh, their best production ever, uh, you know, and and I think this is what you want to see from a company, right? Pushing the limits every quarter. If they can push the limits every quarter, the investor's interest should also be there. All right, let's go ahead. Let's get into the next one. Chris, what do we got up next? All right. So our fourth stack with
1: earnings, we had Fisker, So FSR, this is another one we've talked about for a while on the show. So no revenue yet. So the big news here, right, was talking about the future. So they said cash balance, 962 million. That's a pretty strong number, right, to get them through. They also said that development remains on track. That's a key, right, as we've seen some of these car companies face delays. So Fisker said November seventeenth, twenty twenty two, the start of production, five thousand units per month during twenty twenty three. So that's for the Fisker Ocean. Um, they also touched a little bit on how they're going to sell those vehicles and their next vehicle. So the Fisker Pair development is accelerating. That's their collaboration with Foxconn. Um, so they said that that one, you know, is the future for them after the Fisker Ocean. Uh, they said uh, so again. The timeline: 2022, a significant ramp up, 2023, and, and we're going to get some catalysts later this year, right? They're going to show off the Fisker Ocean in November at the Los Angeles Auto Show. That was known; that was already announced. But one thing I caught in the in the earnings was that they're also going to do the European debut of the Fisker Ocean at the Geneva Motor Show in February, 2022. So again, you've got a US show in November and you've got a European show in February. I think that sets them up nicely to get some strong word of mouth, some good press about this upcoming vehicle. But then they also said reservation 17,500 as of August 2nd, which includes 1400 fleet reservations. And they see the growth steady And they actually said that they see growth accelerating after that auto show in November. So their target is to have 25,000 reservations by the end of the year. Um, That's that's a decent number, right, for a company that does not have a car on the road. I I like that target from them. As I mentioned the other day, we got the SPAC merger of Alago. Fisker was part of the pipe on that. And what it's going to do is allow their users to uh, get uh, electric vehicle charging in Europe, where Alago operates. So a nice partnership there. Um, They're also going to have multiple locations of their global brand experience center opened in the U.S. and Europe in 2022. Their first location will be Los Angeles, and that is coming in the first half of 2022. So Mitch, we've got auto show in November, auto show in February in Europe, and then in the first half of 2022, we've got a, a retail location opening in Los Angeles where people should be able to see the vehicle, reserve the vehicle, I don't know, maybe even test drive the vehicle. So we do have a little bit of a timeline and some catalysts laid out before they start production in November 2022. I mean, you're watching the video now. What do you think of Fisker? Um, I mean, what do you think of that car? And then also, what do you think of that stock?
0: Well, my friend, my friend, I I need to go drive this car. (laughs) To me, you know, one of the things that I've seen in the industry, right, is that we've been looking at more SUVs versus kind of coupes, right? Um, I think this is going to be where you see EV really get adopted. Um, The problem with SUVs is, right, they get heavier, right? And so you need stronger batteries. You need to, to move the vehicle. Um, Now this is where I think you see EVs really get picked up and and adopted because yeah the sedans you know they they make sense for you know the average family but a lot of families they like to have that SUV. I live in an area where I mean you you, you kind of have to have an SUV right in, in Colorado. There's going to be so much that you want to have four wheel drive. I'm going to be watching this this vehicle. I I have that feeling. If there's one that's going to kick butt here in the United States I think this was going to do it Yeah definitely I mean I think Fisker you,
1: you, we already see with the reservations right 17,500 reservations this is um they think also 20 the
0: price the yeah. price man
1: Yeah that's the thing I mean by partnering with Magna uh, I think they're coming in with a strong price and that's 37499 their their future one the Fisker pair is actually aiming to be under 30,000 um, which could make it more of a even you know mass market vehicle. So, Fisker, I own shares. Full disclosure, I love the long term story. I'm I'm holding these shares. Right, it's not a day trade. Um, you know, this is one where in the future I think they could take significant share in the EV market. Um, but again, there are some risks and there is you know a bit of a waiting period. So keep an eye on Fisker FSR reporting their quarterly results.
0: And then, go ahead, Mantri. Looking, Man, for, you to say looking forward to it. Oh, I did want to point out it, it did get a downturn off of that earnings. So just wanted to point that out. Point out the chart here. So where can we find the support? What do we do, guys? We start looking backwards, right? So I could look at the one week. I could look at the monthlies, and as you can see, we're going to a weekly support right now. Uh, we've had multiple attempts to get above these levels. If you kind of go sideways here, one thing I do think that we might get is I think we might actually come back closer towards these levels down here, 1209. That's kind of the level that I'm going to be looking towards getting closer towards the release of that vehicle and the word of mouth that I expect to come out. Why? Hey, I don't mind if this stock retraces right here. It comes back down to a big support. And then when we get the hype of the car coming out, maybe that's what gives us that big wave right back.
1: Yeah, definitely. Great points on the chart there. As I said, I think this is more of a long-term one. So I wouldn't be surprised to see some downside on this. Um, Because again, you're going to have to wait a couple months for the next catalyst. In my opinion, you know, I think that their next catalyst is that auto show in November. That's a couple months away. And I don't know if there's going to be much news from them between now and then. So we could see some downside pressure, not only on the chart, but also with the story and the interest in the name. And then Mitch, our our fifth name to talk about, we got quarterly earnings from Velodyne LIDAR, VLDR last night. And there are so many LiDAR companies out there, right? And and many of them have gone public via SPAC. So let's talk about Velodyne. It's one of the market leaders. So they had 34 total active multi-year agreements as of August 1st. Second quarter revenue, $13.6 million. Their full year revenue guidance, 77 to 94 million. Over 3,800 sensor units shipped. And they have a pipeline of 213 projects. That's not units, that's projects. So I I think, again, this one kind of stands out as a leader in terms of the number of units. Um, And and I'm looking at this one as maybe being the the leader in the space and, and maybe some of the others will follow. During the quarter, they announced the next generation of their VelaBit sensor, which addresses the cost, safety, and design challenges of autonomous solutions. They also launched a new software development kit, the Vela development kit, and they joined the NVIDIA Metropolis program. So a partnership with NVIDIA for traffic monitoring and analytics. So uh, again, LIDAR going to be an important part of the autonomous driving. You know, you heard me talk about PLUS, the autonomous semi, um, I really think Velodyne's going to get a, a some nice partnerships. They already have some, but I think they're going to be a leader in the space. They, they've you know shown that in terms of revenue, in terms of units shipped. But this is one that's faced significant pressure, right? It was over twenty dollars, and, and now you have seven dollars and forty cents today. Uh, I mean, it, it's an interesting play. And, and Mitch, as I said, there's so many lidar companies out there. I don't know if people can pick just one. And I wonder if that is the reason why all these LiDAR companies, you know, we, you talked about a pie earlier, right? Velodyne could struggle with, you know, so many people trying to eat that pie. I, I don't know what it'll take to get this thing back over that, that original $10 level. What do you think?
0: Something to watch for is when do we really get one of these to partner up with a massive OEM company and really start producing a car that has their technology inside the vehicle? I think this is going to be something that's going to take a little bit of time. We've talked about this, right, Chris? To me, EV doesn't get adopted till we have autonomous. Why? Because I feel like that's what makes the consumer get over the hurdle up getting the, the kind of the regular engine combustible. Um, and really, I think until you get these companies to really just get over the top, I think they're all kind of, one of the things that you got to do is diversify in these because there's not one winner just yet. It's going to be a battle. I think you would agree with that, Chris, that there's not one winner here, and we're going to stay in this battle until there is one winner.
1: And definitely, you know, and, and there's another rumor out there for another lidar company even going public via SPAC. So, Mitch, so many lidar companies. Maybe we'll see some consolidation, some mergers, and some acquisitions out there. Um, and yeah, Solar noting that Elon Musk does not like lidar. That's something we've talked about a couple times before. Um, Many of the other auto companies, though, they do like LiDAR. They use LiDAR. It's you know for the future. Uh, I'm not sure. I know Elon has explained it before, um, why he prefers other methods like their um, radar technology. But I really think LiDAR could be big in, as Mitch said, autonomous going forward. So I have several of the LiDAR names on my watch. I don't own any of them yet. But I continue to think that Velodyne might be the leader for for at least the auto side of LIDARs. So guys, that was five former SPACs that reported earnings over the last 24 hours. So we gave you the story, we gave you the earnings, and we gave you the chart, right? We tried to provide all three things for you. So go ahead, let us know in the chat, DKNG. S P C E M P F S R V L D R. If you could only own one of those five stocks for the next year, which one of the five would it be? What What do you think, Mitch? If you had to pick one of those five, I, I think I know which one you're going to say. If you had the to pick the one,
0: one I own, baby. Yeah,
1: I, I think DraftKings would would be my favorite for the next year. Right, that sports betting story is just too. It's too massive. Right.
0: The the well, Chris. The, Ever, since we've been talking about it, I'm already up more than a dollar a share. I was going to say, I see we're green. We're up 2% right now. So Yeah, I mean, I'm already up 2%. I'm up 2%. Why? Because I waited for it to come back to break even on the day. Jumped on the horse. All right, we're getting some votes out there, Mitch. I see two DraftKings,
1: one Velo Velodyne.
0: DK. Um, Donkey Kong. There's an
1: MP. Yeah. I mean, I I think about-
0: We got a a tip, bro. We
1: got a tip. We got a tip. Nice,
0: nice. Spacula. Spacula in the house. Spacula. (laughs) 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 What a name. Love it. He wants wants us to check out W-O-R-K. He says this has massive short interest. It is ripping. I'll tell you that much. Let me just put it up on the screen. I can see why you're looking at it. Not a not a bad trade there, definitely ripping off from that two fifty area. So I'll put it up there for you, Spacula. There you go. You, yeah, you... I
1: just I do not know this name. Um, dun, dun, dun. I don't know if this one was a Spac either. So, but it is ripping Mitch. So a nice twenty three percent move there. Uh, what else? We're getting another MP vote there. Another DraftKings. Uh, Han saying he prefers LAZR for LIDAR. Yeah, that's the thing with LIDAR, right, is there are other options out there. Um, So again, I think if I had to pick based on one-year match, I would say DraftKings. If I had to pick based on five years, I would struggle more because I think MP has a great five-year story, and I think Fisker has a great five-year story along with DraftKings. So, you know, there's five names there to watch. Um, so keep all those on your watch list. Mitch, speaking of watch list, uh, I mean, we talked about five that are moving. What else do we have moving out there today? I know we had some big moves earlier. Is that still the case here?
0: Of course, of course. Micro Vast. I, I, I saw that Happy was talking about this one yesterday. What a big rip there, 17% rip on that. And, I mean, that's on a pullback now. It went all the way up there towards 13 here near the open. So we'll see if this one can hold 12 on any pullbacks, but not a bad day there for MicroVest. Yeah, and
1: full disclosure, I own shares of MicroVest. Um, I've been calling this thing out, right? As soon as it fell below $10, I was like, uh, that's an insane move to me. This is a battery company that actually has revenue. They're further along than a QuantumScape, than others. And, and then you got, you know, um, we, we had... Uh, Adam Jonas of Morgan Stanley. What did he do, Mitch? He he called out a six-dollar price target on MicroVast. We also saw heavy short interest in this name. So what happened? Uh, you know, I hate to say it because it, it may not be the case, but I think we saw the short squeeze with MicroVast. I, I think we're seeing this thing go, you know, higher. And, and again, I am long shares of MicroVast, and, and it's had quite the run. Um, over the past couple days.
0: Now, one thing I want to remind traders is that if you get into this as a trade, not the saying that I think you should be doing this, but if you did get into this as a trade, one of the things that I've been seeing with these pops is if you don't take your profit going into maybe what you're setting to receive, then a lot of times you're going to get this chop zone. Once we get these big pops. I'm saying this because I'm seeing a pattern, right? And so with these patterns, I want people to kind of realize that, hey, if you're setting yourself a goal to to say make 20 or 30% on these pops, there's nothing wrong with let's say like today on MicroVast, you actually take that $13 when it gets there. I have no problem with you taking that off the table and then being like, I made my 30%. That was my goal. Boom. I nailed the trade. I'm done for the day. I think that's a better approach a lot of the times than just being like, once it gets towards that 13, being like, oh, do we get 15? Do we get 16? Do we get 17? Try to develop what your trading plan is when you're attacking these. Are they an investment? Are they a trade? Or is it simply something that you're just trying to think for the long term that, hey, I'm just going to sit back, relax, throw this in the IRA account and not even worry about where the price is? you got to determine what's for you.
1: Yeah, definitely. And anytime you you see these massive double digit moves in some of these former specs, I mean, Mitch, we, we see how quickly they can fall back down. So, you know, important reminder, know your risk, know your entry point, have an exit plan too, right? You know, if there's a number that you're targeting, be aware of that number. Don't be afraid to take some off the table or don't be afraid to get out completely. Um, You know, that you can take some singles, doubles instead of shooting for home runs, right? I mean, I, I've always believed in that. Uh, so I, I saw Happy mentioning that Kramer mentioned MicroVast. Uh I, I don't want to get—I don't want to get into that too much because Kramer loves QuantumScape. I, I, I think MicroVast is ahead of QuantumScape, and, and also I did see that someone. Um, A a member of the Fintwit community who I don't want to name actually called into Kramer's Mad Money the other night to ask him about MicroVest, Mitch, and they recorded that phone call and and then aired it. And I just, I'm not a fan of that. I mean, we're not going to call Kramer from our show. So, uh, you know, uh, enough about Kramer. How about ASTR, Mitch? Astra Space. That one was moving this morning they had news out, right? They got a partnership with, uh, what is it called? Space Force yesterday, right? They're going to have some launches in the future. Um, So I am long still ASTR. It's one of my favorite space stocks. But again, there's some risk there. But the long-term story, if they can get these flights going, I I think we see some forward momentum. What do you think, ASTR?
0: Yeah, yesterday I actually called it out early into the move, like around like 10 o'clock I was already calling it out that it was getting a good spike. Um, I actually traded this one today and I got stopped out in it. A re- very small stop out, but not a bad trade. I mean, I was I was trying to jump on the momentum here. As you can see, it's really been holding uh, pretty well. Uh, sideways action after that big pop. That's what you want to see. We've had multiple times to try to get through this kind of fi- 1150 area. So you had this one time. And then you tried to get back here at this, but it couldn't get there. Today, it did get slightly above it. We're going up towards a high here. Uh, The high was exactly 1150. Goes figures, right? And then pulls back right off of that level. Now you want to go ahead and see when we get back up through that level, can we get a big volume pop to watch the continuation move? All right. That's what we'd be looking for in ASTR. Hey, all right, Mitch. I, any- I try to be honest. I try to be <laughs> honest, guys. I don't win on every trade. I'll let that's, you know when I lose, too, guys.
1: That's right. Uh, and that's what this show is all about, right? Being honest, being transparent, providing some education. Um, you know, you're not gonna hear us pumping stuff here. That's why we're honest. We we tell you guys if we're in positions, we we tell you what to watch for to lower your risk, right? Because that's important as well. Mitch, anything else on the watch list here uh, that's caught your eye?
0: Of course. I'm finally in the green again with my baggie and my Genius Sports. Moving based off of that DKNG news that we got. What was exactly that? You can look it up here.
1: Yeah, that news yesterday, Mitch. I'm glad you brought that up, right? So Genius Sports has the exclusive license for NFL sports betting data. And they signed a deal with DraftKings. So now DraftKings can use the official NFL data. And also, Mitch, as someone who bets on sports, FanDuel was one of the leaders because they could offer single-game parlays. DraftKings could not offer single-game parlays. Well, guess what? Now DraftKings can do single-game parlays thanks to that partnership with Genius Sports. And Mitch, I think this is the first domino, right? since genius signed that deal with the NFL, you know, they're, they're looking to monetize it. Right. And they're going to need some of these sports betting companies to sign deals. DraftKings took advantage, right? They got it done before the NFL season that they can, you know uh, you know, have a sigh of relief now, but I think some of these others need to call up, call up genius. Right. And say, Hey, we we need that official data. So I don't think this is the end in, in terms of genius signing NFL deals And I think it really shows the strength of a company like Genius Sports to really be the thing behind the thing, sports data provider for the giants out there.
0: I think it it was important levels today to really see it hold 17 on downside action. That's literally what I gave on the live trading stream. Uh, A lot of people were mentioning this stock today because a lot of people were watching DKNG and Genie and expecting Genie to get some sympathy based off the of DKNG. We saw DKNG find a low. Let's see if we really start pumping here on Genie going into the close. Like always guys, full disclosure, I'm in this one. And I'll give you guys my average. Where do you see that? Do you see anybody else giving you averages? No, because guess what? Then when they lose, then you can attack them being like, oh, you lost this percentage. You lost this percentage, but guess what? I don't, I, I don't mind guys because I trade based on a process And it's my process, whether I win or lose, a lot of the time the emotions is gonna come based off of my own focusing on my process. So with that being said, Genie guys, average is 16.880, exactly there. I've been hanging out. I've sold some up at 17s, uh, just to kind of minimize my risk whenever I average down. And when I get back into the green, I have a rule that you have to take some of that risk off because at the end of the day, I always try to get back to regular position sizing. I never want to catch myself in a stock that for some reason just goes against me and I have three, four times that position size. So what I did was I took some off the table. Yes, yes, like Kevin says, the manos de papel, got to take some off the table sometimes, take some in the green. And then now that I'm at a regular position, what did that do to me? The other day when this stock, went and it broke through my levels 17 and it went down towards 16 and this one even went down in the pre-market towards 1560 guess what guys i wasn't so stressed out because if i would have been in that full sizing position then yeah i would have definitely been like wow uh i'm starting to feel the pain a little bit this is what i try to do guys try to keep myself in the advantage and stick to the plan the plan here has always been to hold this for a year I said it. I'm I I i I'm looking the whole genie for a year because I think in the long run, I think I can receive uh, even higher than the 52-week high. So I'm going to be hanging out in this one for a long time. You guys can always bring it up. I'll keep my watch on this. This is my baby right here, genie, and I'm going to stay with it. And that's September
1: earnings for genie too. So we're about a month away from hearing, you know, what exactly they're calling for in terms of guidance and maybe how that NFL deal is really helping in terms of revenue. So I know we'll be covering that too. Um, we got a couple minutes left, Mitch. So, we, you know, next week we'll have some interviews, of course, but also we, we do have a big week full of lots of votes. We've also got earnings from some former specs Again, I mean, we've got Butterfly, we've got BarkBox, we've got Avpoint, Desktop Metal, Hylion, SoFi, Arrival, Lion Electric. There's a bunch of names next week, Mitch. I mean, I, I know I'm definitely watching SoFi. I went long that not too long ago. Maybe we get an update on how that bank charter is going for the company. Again, that's expected around September. We're getting close, so maybe they cover that in some detail Um, Mitch, also Bark, right? I said that when Bark, um, was on Kramer, I hate to say that name again, the CEO said that they were having their best quarter ever and and not sure if he meant to say that or if it was a slip, but we finally get to know what exactly the best quarter means for the CEO. And, And we saw Rover, right? Take off. I'm wondering if Bark can actually have a really good week next week on earnings, um,
0: I know Sue will be rooting.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sue, if Sue is in the house, I mean Bark. I know she's long. I know she's under on these. I am as well. I own Bark shares. Um, but I'm looking forward to earnings and, and AvPoint. Tom calling out AvPoint. Yeah, I mean Mitch. We we've had. Uh, TJ on the show a couple times. They're a Microsoft partner. Microsoft just reported a great quarter, right? In terms of cloud, uh, I really think that'll shine in AvPoint's quarter as well. Again, not financial advice here, but we we have some big names next week. Yeah, Niccolo DeMasi. Yeah, he is the man. You're right. Uh, you know, lots to talk about with him anytime we have him on. Mitch, anything else you're watching uh, next week from those lists?
0: uh I'll, I'll talk a little bit maybe uh, about the vote mer- mergers that we got coming up but definitely i mean the list goes on and on i mean of course genie we're going to be watching and i agree with rr i could see genie at 30 dollars in december um so i'm just going to hang tight in this one i mean if it can get through a short report which we we, we, we could touch but i mean You saw the reaction to the stock. I mean, yeah, no one cared about
1: that short report yesterday. I I mean,
0: I don't think even people even started making news on it when they started (laughs) when they're like, it had a short report, and then they looked at the stock and they're like, whoa, it's going up short report,
1: DraftKings partnership. I mean, I don't know,
0: the other. Let's just say (laughs) that. So, definitely stay tuned, guys. We'll be watching as these guys get their earnings out. I think earnings are so important. Pay attention to the call. Listen to it, see what their guidance is looking like, because that's the most important thing, right? These stocks gave a lot of guidance, forward-looking. You need to see how that guidance is matching up. All right, last thing here, Chris. Of course, we got some uh, merger votes to start looking forward to. Uh, on the eighth, on the ninth, we got a bunch of them. On the eleventh, we got three more. Uh, so definitely, you guys. Stay tuned. There's going to be a lot, a lot of movement based on these. So we'll of see how these kind of do. Ajax, one of the biggest ones that was focused on for a long time. So definitely keep your eyes on that one. Uh, there's there's a couple of them that are going to be going into the 12th. Um and also NSH. Keep keep your watch. There's a lot coming out, guys. And if you don't know the news, you know exactly where to find it. Right here on the SPACs attack. Stay tuned guys!